And welcome to Ray and Mahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. So happy you're joining me on JD Radio. For those of you who are new listeners, what we do here, we try to learn and develop new skills and tools to renew and strengthen the connection you have with your spouse, husband, or wife. We do this not only from a social science perspective, but we use the Torah as our guide and source of navigation. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a live show. Yes, Monday night, May 4th, the 16th of year, 31st day of the Omer. I am going to actually be addressing your questions towards the end of the show. You can text, you can actually try to start texting now if you like. Uh, you can text JRoot at 347-927-8398. That's 347-927-8398. Nine eight. I might be taking some of your calls. I am. I don't know if, if we have time to do that, but uh, I most definitely am going to try to take some of your calls as well. Okay, let me start. Today we have actually a very exciting show. Baruch Hashem. Um, I, I guess I've, I've really been given this host to work with many couples um, over the years, and I have many couples who reach out to me because of the show, because of the lectures, etc. A lot of people ask me questions and problems and issues. I want to address a very, very common theme, I should say, complaint that I'm getting from a lot of the ladies, and it goes like this. Here's what I'm hearing from the ladies. Ladies are telling me, Rabbi, I feel like my spouse is just not tuned into me. I just feel he's not attuned into me. He's always busy. We hardly spend any quality time together. He just doesn't know. He just like, I could come home and, and he sees me. Oh, hi, hello. And it's like, he's just not interested in helping me. I feel that when he does offer help, this is a big one, by the way. I feel when he does offer help, he's doing it just like half-heartedly. He's not really interested. He's like, okay, fine. You need help with the baby? Uh, hold on, hold on a second. He's busy with the computer. He's busy with his iPads, with his phone, phone, this phone thing. Everyone's complaining about this phone, especially the ladies. I just I can't talk to my husband. He's just constantly on the phone. I, I, I can't. He's texting. He's he's playing. He's news. He's, he's, he's uh, Shiva world. Matzah. I, I can't talk to him. He's like, he thinks he's talking to me, but he's like he's completely not tuned into me. And I just feel like he's just not tuned into me. Not emotionally. Not. I, I just feel like he's not tuned into me. I want to start today by repeating a story that I actually, I said this in the past, some of you might have heard this, but it's a phenomenal, phenomenal story. This, I could tell you, has actually happened one of my first couples many, many years ago. It was, it was actually not even a formal uh, session, but uh, many years ago, I was, uh, someone referred me to, 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 to a newlywed couple, newlywed couple. They were actually an Ashkenazi couple. They just got married. And they came to me with the following story. Listen to this story. I think it's amazing, challenging. And I think I'd learn with it. Listen to this amazing story. So they get married. Couple gets married. Mazel tov, and have the sheva brachis. And a couple of weeks later, what what happens is the the husband, let's call him Moshe. Moshe says to his wife, let's call her Miriam. He says to her, Miriam, you know what? I have a friend who wants to invite us over for Shabbos. He's Sfardi. Uh, that means the food's going to be a little bit different, but he's a really great friend of mine. Do you mind if we go? She's like, sure, no problem. Let's go to your friend. I'll be more than happy to go to your friend. So great. They go to the friend for Shabbos. The other, now, this friend is also a newlywed. They're two newlyweds going to each other for Shabbos. And they get there to his friend's house. And they're warm man, welcoming. And they had a great time until what? Until it was Friday night. And the Shabbos meal comes out. Shabbos meal comes out. 
And Moshe, knew, he knows this Sephardi food, and he likes this Sephardi food. So he's eating all the Sephardi food that there is there, whatever, the kibbeh, the lachmashim, whatever it is. And I'm sorry for those of you who are I might be pronouncing it wrong, but definitely he's eating, he's enjoying. And his wife is sort of like looking at him, taking like, you know, sort of like pick, picking at the food, not really eating, and, and figuring that her husband sees that she's really not eating, and figuring that he's probably going to come over to her later and, and work something out or maybe get her something, but he doesn't. He doesn't notice it. And, and the meal's going on and on. She's not eating, and they're having a nice time, but she just, she's just not eating. She doesn't like the food. She tries it out. She doesn't like it. She thought she would, but she doesn't like it. Fine. Night ends. Morning time. At, comes the shop. Comes time for the Shabbos meal, and again they they come out. They serve the food, and Moshe's eating, but Miriam is just not touching any of the food, and she's sure at this point that her husband, like he knows that she's not eating anything, but he doesn't. He doesn't realize. Doesn't ask her. Doesn't anything. Fine. What happens after that is like this. Comes Shalashodes, Sudat Shlishit, same story. Comes Motzei Shabbat, and she's ready to go because she's starving. She's, she's really ready to go. She almost didn't eat anything the whole Shabbat, and she was too embarrassed to, to voice to her husband, her new husband that she didn't eat. She figured he'd see, but he's not saying anything. He doesn't understand. Fine. What happens is like this. Moshe's friend comes over to Moshe, this, uh, the host, and he says to him, Moshe, you know what? How about you guys stay over here? And why don't we why don't we watch our wedding videos together? You know, you have maybe you you know I, I have my wedding video, and maybe you can get your wedding video. We'll watch our wedding videos together. And Moshe turns around, he looks at Miriam, he's like, Miriam, what do you think? And Miriam's like, put on the spot. And Miriam looks at him and she's like, uh, yeah, sounds like a great idea, Moshe. Why don't we uh, why don't we do that? Okay, and he's taking it seriously, and he says to his friend, no problem, let's watch the wedding video. And he's watching the vetting video, and it's taking five minutes, ten minutes. He's enjoying it, and she's clearly not enjoying it because she's starving. She just wants to get out of there. And after 15 minutes, 20 minutes, a half an hour, she sees that her husband, her new husband, doesn't say anything to her. So what happens is as follows. She looks at her husband. She sees that he's completely spaced out into this wedding video. She just, like, she just walks out. She just gets out. And Moshe doesn't have any clue what just happened because he's engrossed in this wedding video and he's engrossed in this, this dance and the other dance and their friends are talking to each other. He does not notice that his wife just walked out of the room. After about another 15, 20 minutes, he looks around. He's like, um, did you see Miriam? Do you know where she went? He's like, no. So he figured maybe she, maybe she had to use the restroom or something. Another 10 minutes. And he sees his wife is now coming back. He's starting to get nervous. What does he do? He, he walks outside of the living room. He goes back to the bedroom where they were sleeping. He looks for his wife, and lo and behold, there's his wife. And she's sitting there on the bed, crying, bawling. She's crying her, eye, her eyes out. And he's like, what's the matter? What's the matter? Are, are you okay? What's going on? She looks at him, and she says to him, what? You're asking me what's the matter? I, I don't believe it. You're asking me? You don't realize? He's like, no, no, really. What, what's the matter? What, what, what happened? Why, why are you so upset? And she looks at him and she's like resentful. She's like, I can't believe you're even asking me. You're asking me what's the matter? You didn't realize I haven't eaten anything the whole Shabbos? I am starving. He's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I feel terrible. So what does he do? He quickly, he quickly goes downstairs to his friend, tells his friend, you know what, I'm sorry, we had a great Shabbat, but we have to leave. Goes back upstairs, packs his bag, tells me, please follow me. He runs to the car, goes into the car. He's like, jumps into the car, speeding down the road, comes to the nearest pizza shop. He's like, hold on a second, I'll be right back. He runs into the pizza shop, goes inside, grabs her favorite salad, pays for it, comes back outside, 
gets into the car and he says like, Miriam, here, here, I have a salad for you. Miriam looks at him and she says to him, I, I, I can't believe it. That's all you have to say and do is get me some food? That's it? You don't care about me. That's all you have to say? You're just like, you, you, here's some salad? Like, I, I don't get it. And she's like beside herself, crying, 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 crying. And the night doesn't really go too well. And this case is referred to me. Okay, what happened here? What happened? Here you have two people who they want to have a strong relationship. They want to connect. They want to, they want to have this really amazing relationship. They get along. They have the same hashkafis. And here they're battling each other. What's pshat? How does that happen? How does that work? Here's the problem, ladies and gentlemen. I know I speak about it many times, but we have to remember, and this is like something, you know, I, I say it again and again and again. This is the only, I could say this is the only line that, that's probably the most, one of the most important lines in marriage, and we have to repeat it to ourselves over and over again. Men and women, we think, feel, perceive, react, love, need, and appreciate all differently. We are completely different. Men are definitely from Mars, and women are definitely from Venus. We're like aliens. Like Lisa Eichen likes to say, men are from Das, and women are from Bina. Now, we're going to talk about it. Let's, let's, let's just understand what happened over there on, on, in this like, newlyweds Shabbos, which was supposed to be an amazing Shabbos. They went to their friends, they're both newlyweds, and everything went wrong. What happened? Why did it go so bad? Well, here's what happened. Let's, let's discuss this. What happened here, basically, was that Miriam thought that her husband will notice her. She thought that he's going to get it. He'll see that she's not eating. He'll see that she's picking out her food. He'll ask her at least Friday night. He'll ask her maybe Shabbos. And he just, he was clueless, clueless. He had no idea. Now, you might say, oh, what do you mean? I mean, he should look at his wife. He had no clue. He really had he really had no clue. So what happened was, is that he had no idea when she was hungry. She thought that he knows. She thought that the end of Shabbos he would take her out. He had no idea. She thought if she would go back to her room, he would notice. He had no idea. She thought that if she cries, he would understand her needs. He would listen to her. He would empathize. He would reassure he had no idea. He had no idea. So what should have happened over here? What should have happened? Now, ladies who are listening to this, some of you, you're going to hear what I'm about to say. You're going to go, oh, come on, Rabbi Greenfield, you can't tell it to my husband. So I'm going to ask you just to listen to what I'm about to say and then hear the part I will speak to your husband. I will speak to the men about this. But here's, here's key and this is critical. Ladies, it's all about instructions. I would love to tell the men be aware, be in tuned, see what's going on, open up your eyes, and just notice what your wife needs. And I'm going to talk to the men about it in a second. I really will. But ladies, you have to give them instructions. Most men are clueless. Guys, I don't mean this class of shalom as a pun, but you, you and I know, we don't notice these things. We don't notice. We don't sit in yeshiva by, by the lunchroom or the dining room, and, and oh, I see you're not eating. Maybe you want food. We don't hop. We don't hop. So ladies, it is pivotal, 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 pivotal to give instructions to your husband. Some of you listening to this and saying, I gave him instructions to my husband many times. We'll talk about how to give him instructions. But it's so important to give him those instructions. Let me give you a couple examples. To tell your husband, major, major complaint I'm getting from women. 
not spending time. Your husband's not spending time. He's so busy. He's, you know, for anybody else, he has time. If somebody else needs, oh, he's there. People love my husband. But when it comes to me, it's just, he's just he's clueless. He's clueless. So ladies, instead of getting frustrated, there's nothing wrong with telling your husband. If we can spend some alone time, that would really be great. That would be off. That would be wonderful. Then your husband finally spends time with you and he's on his phone and he's texting and on the news and this and that. Ladies, nothing wrong with saying to your husband, if you can shut off the phone, that would make me really happy. I'm feeling right now ignored. I'm not ignoring you. What do you mean? I'm on the phone. I'm listening to everyone. Do you want me to repeat everything you said? Moshe, Chaim, Shmuli, you probably could repeat everything I'm saying, but you know what? I feel uncomfortable with it. If you could turn off the phone, that would make me very happy. If I can speak to you about my day, that would make me very, very happy. You know what? I feel lonely. I feel like we haven't spent time with each other. If we could spend some time, that would be great. Then we talk about birthdays, anniversaries. You know how many ladies would never, like they, it's like an Isserda Raisa. It's a biblical prohibition to remind our husbands about our birthdays and about our anniversaries. Ladies, I want to tell you something. Should your husband remember? Yes, he should. Absolutely, he should remember. He should remember birthdays. He should remember anniversaries. But let me ask you a question in that. This is, okay, if you're sitting with your husband right now, please don't hit him over the head for this. But a serious question for those of you who have many kids. You know, why don't you ask your husband, not now, maybe later, ask your husband, what is your, your second child or your third child whose name is uh, Gila and she's in Beis Yaakov, let's say. Ask him. Ask him what her teacher's name is. Uh, maybe he doesn't know what the teacher's name is because he's made, okay, teacher's name is not supposed to know. Okay, no problem. Why don't you ask him what grade she is? I have men, I do this in the office, so funny, where guys like they have no idea even what grade their children are. Now, women who are listening to this are like, what? That's not normal. My husband, of course he knows what grade my, of course he knows what grade my, my, my daughter is in. Of course he knows what grade she's going into and who her teacher is. Or the boys he definitely knows. The boys he definitely knows. Some husbands have no clue. Now, if after this, little thing that I'm doing here right now, you're going to ask your husband, he's going to be like, clueless. Don't get upset. Many men really have no clue. They're not tuned into that. Could mean they're bad husbands or even bad fathers. They could be wonderful, amazing, caring and loving fathers. But it does, just because they don't know or they don't realize or they don't notice doesn't make them into bad husbands. What makes them in, in, into, I say, troubling husbands is when you're communicating to them. And I want to say something very important to the ladies who are listening to this. Don't feel you don't deserve this. You definitely des- you deserve time. Don't feel like guilty. My husband's so busy making money for the family. I don't really deserve the time. I don't really deserve it because he's so busy. He's make- What's going to happen, ladies and listeners, you know this is true. What's going to happen is you're going to feel resentful. I can not tell you maybe. I'm telling you for sure. You are going to feel resentful if your husband doesn't pay attention to you. You're going to feel resentful. I see it all the time. If he doesn't spend time, quality time with you, you're going to feel resentful. If he, doesn't, if he doesn't help you with the shopping bags when you're coming into the house, when you just came back from the market and you tell him, or, or even if you don't, don't tell him. Don't tell him. Just ignore it. You know what's going to happen. You're going to feel resentful later on. And then you're going to become intolerant. Then you're going to become irritated. And then the jibes are going to come out. And then the fighting is going to come out in the machlokas. And the shalom bias goes down the drain. So why are we chasing the chikina out of our house? Ladies, just give your husband's instructions. And if he doesn't listen, give it to him again. 
and again. No, you don't have to beg your husband. I know you don't have to beg your husband for time. You don't have to beg your husband to help you. You don't have to beg your husband to learn with the kids. You don't have to beg your husband to give you money for the kids. I know that. I know some of you are thinking, I have to beg my husband. You don't have to beg your husband, but just give him those instructions. He forgets. And sometimes he needs reminders. And I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many times couples I work with where simply just a woman just starts giving instructions. I know it's awkward and you're putting yourself in a very vulnerable position because he might say no. I'm not saying that. But just start with those instructions. You're going to see things are going to change. And that's what should have happened in that particular scenario. If she would have said, you know, Moshe, you might not realize it, but I know I told you, I know it's not your fault. And I know I told you that I'm probably going to eat over here, but I, I couldn't eat anything. If we, it might say Shabbos, if we, say Shabbat, if we can just leave right away, it'd make me really happy. Of course he would have done it for her. Of course. How many men do I have in my office? How many men do I speak to on the phone who tell me just, if I would know, I will make her happy. I'd love to make her happy. Now, some women listen to this and like, my husband, I'm my husband, he's not interested in making, every husband is interested in making his wife happy. They, I'm telling you, ladies, they're all interested in making you happy. I have no question about it. And if you feel that they're not, it's not because that they're resentful, they don't want it, they just gave up hope. They simply gave up. It's like, I can never make my wife happy. So instructions are so, 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 so important. So important. Now let's move on to the men, guys. It's your turn now. Please, tune into your wife's emotions. I, I know I'm speaking to you like, you know, a Chinese here. Tune into your wife's emotions. Tune into your wife's emotions. I know many of you listening to this and like, I'm going to feel like, man, tune into my wife's emotions. I don't know what she wants. I don't know what she needs. Let her, let her tell me. You have to tune into the emotions. And you're going to tell me you can't. I want to ask you a question. When you were shidduch dating, okay? Be, be real with me for a second, okay? When you were shidduch dating, is it not true that you opened up the door for her when, when she got out of the car? Is it not true that you pulled up the seat for her? Is it not true when you, went in, when you went to the lounge, you opened the door for her, for her to come in? Did she have to ask you? Did you order something? Did you ask her, do you want anything to drink? See, part of the reason that we're not tuned into, tuned into our wives' emotions is simply because we're so busy and we have so much on our mind that it's just so hard to tune in. It's just, we focus one thing at a time and it's like, okay, my wife needs something. I don't know what she wants. Guys, tune in to your wife's needs and emotions. She shouldn't have to tell you. Now, this doesn't mean ladies shouldn't tell. Ladies, definitely, you know, there's not an excuse not, not to give your husband instructions when he doesn't. But it means so much to your, to your wives when you, when you offer instead of follow instructions. So definitely I tell the women to, to give instructions because otherwise they're going to feel resentful at the end because you're, you're, you're going to, you know, us as men, we're going to ignore, we're not going to tune in and then they're going to feel resentful. But it's so much better. It's a whole different world when you offer to spend time, quality time with your wife. It's so much different when you say, for example, for no reason at all, for no reason at all, go and buy your wife one rose, one rose, no, a nice flower, or I thought of you, or call her during the day, or in the morning, how did you sleep? How are you feeling? Put an alarm on your phone. Say, man, put an alarm on your phone every day just to call your wife. Hi, how are you? How's everything? Don't put the alarm on when she's around you because that's not going to work out well. But hi, I'm thinking about you. It's so important for your wives. It could completely transform their day. You don't understand. The, the, the ricochet, the, the effect, you know, tetsoe, but tetsoe, that comes out of your giving attention to your wives is she's going to have a pleasant day. The people around her are going to have a pleasant day. Your children, if you have children, are going to gain as well. Everything is going to change just from that one second phone call or from the good morning, how did you sleep? Or from why don't we spend some quality time? Tune into their emotions. Don't be scared of spending quality time with your wife. 
What do you think? You're going to have to spend an hour and a half or two hours with your wife? Some of you are not spending any time with your wife at all. I'm sorry. I know I'm being like very tough. Some, but I know some of you are not. I'm not saying it's your fault. It's not your fault. But, you know, I always say either do it for Hashem or do it for your wife or do it for yourself. You'll be a happier person. You give your wife a good 15, 20 minutes every night. Real quality time. Tune in. Turn off the phone. Give her the phone and say, hi, let's talk. How's your day? How's everything? You look tired. Can I get you a hot coffee? Can I help you with the bags? Or I'm calling you to let you know, and I'm thinking about you. Notice, notice, notice. Notice if your wife needs help. If she's coming into the house with, with, with bags, notice. Ask her, can I help you? Stop what you're doing. It's hard. I know it's hard. But stop what you're doing. You know it's going to make such a big difference to her. With the Shabbos table, if you see that, that for whatever reason, I know that, you know, men, we can't clean off the Shabbos table, some of us. You know what? Maybe, maybe just clean off something. Clean off something. She doesn't have to be your servant. I'm sorry for being a little strong. But you know what? You could clean off something from the table. Something, okay, you don't clean. You don't come from a house that cleans. But maybe take off the chalent. Take off the kibbeh. Take off, take off the dessert. Clean, show that you care. It'll mean so much to your wife. It could completely transform. And here's the same thing. This guy, this story that I said with this newlywed, if when he came into the room and he saw his, first of all, he should have noticed. Of course he should have noticed that his wife is not eating anything. He has to be tuned into her. But something else, when he came into the room and he saw that his wife was crying, she didn't need him to go fix the problem. Of course, he put the Bob the Builder fix head on. But she didn't, what she needed was empathy. She needed to be listened to. He had to tell her, that's horrible. I feel terrible for you. That would have taken care of most of the damage because it's not about the food. It's about the fact that you don't care about me. That's it. You don't care about me. It's all about the same. We speak about many times attachment. It's attachment theory. That what? You don't care about me. So if you're going to listen to me and validate me and feel my pain, just do it for five minutes. Everything will change. Everything will completely change. Instead, what does he do? He goes and he gets her pizza or he gets her the salad. Great, she likes salad. But she was nauseated. At that point, she was nauseated. She didn't want to eat the salad. It's like, you don't care about me. You just want to fix the problem. Like, do you care? That's why it's so, 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 so important. Okay, now, I want to move to some, on to something else and, and, and just something that I might have mentioned this in the past, you know, things that I'm just seeing with the couples I'm working with and people, phone calls I get, et cetera. Very, very important. Ladies and gentlemen, husbands and wives out there who are listening to this, I know that you cannot always accommodate your spouse. You can't always give them what they want. Sometimes they want money. Sometimes they want time. Sometimes they want to spend time with the children. Sometimes they want you to come on time. They might want they might want you to 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 uh, take the clean the socks off the floor, clean off the breakfast table, help you out with something. You can't always accommodate your spouse because you might be busy, might be running off somewhere, you might not have the patience. I get that, I understand that. But do me a favor, do me a favor. If you walk away from the show with one thing, do me a favor. If your spouse asks you for something and you can't do it, could you please not say I can't do it? Can you tell them I'm sorry I can't I- I'm sorry I can't do it? Can you not do that? These are not this is not your friend. This is your spouse. This is this is the man or woman that you love. So the way we speak to a spouse is that I can't do it. The way we speak to a spouse is I would love to do that for you, but I don't know if I can. I would love to do that for you. And let me tell you why it's so important in a psychological way. Because there's something called healthy dependency. I, I, we spoke about it in the past. It's a big machlokas. But today I think the consensus of most counselors, therapists, psychologists is that there is something called healthy dependency. Different models label it in different ways. You know, it's most known as attachment. A healthy dependency means that if I ask my wife or if 
my wife asks me for something, I want to feel that they want to please me. I want to feel that they do want to help me whichever way that I want. If they're going to reject me and say, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I'm going to feel like you don't care about me. Like, oh, you don't care about me. It's not, not a business relationship. We're not just two strangers living in the same house. You don't care. You don't care. You don't care. So I, I ask you to please, uh, I ask you to please come home early tonight So because I have to leave. And you said no. So you don't care. It's, just, it's, 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 it's like a terrible, horrible, devastating feeling. Like, my, my spouse doesn't really care. It completely changes everything around when, when we reply and say, I would love to do that for you, but I, I can't. I'd love to do that, but I'll try. It can, it's a game. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. I, I've seen this working with couples. I've seen this. I, I, I've seen this working with couples. I've seen this consulting couples. I've seen this in my own relationship. It's so important to tell your spouse, I would love to do that for you, but I can't. It's a vernacular that's very, very important. So if ladies, or let's start with the men. Let's say, guys, if your wife comes over to you, okay, and she says to you, uh, Moshe, Yankel, um, could we have my parents over for Shabbos meal? And let's say this Shabbos, you really don't want to have her parents because as much as you love her parents, it's a lot of pressure and you're having a difficult week and it's not really happening. Could you not tell your wife, no, I'm sorry, we're not having her this week. I'm too busy. I can't take it. Can you not talk like that? Could you please in, instead say to your wife, I would love to have your parents over, but I don't think I'll be able to handle it this Shabbos. Let me see. Now, Ladies, the let me see shouldn't mean yes. Let me see means it could be no as well. Because sometimes when people say let me see, that means automatically yes. No. Let me see can mean no. But it's, it, it's important, it's crucial to always stay on that positive end. I would love to do that for you. And with the message you're giving to your spouse is, I love you, I care about you, and I want to make you happy. That's the most important part of the conversation. The content, most of the time, is not so important. Of course, she wants to have her parents over, but you know she's going to have it the next week. It's okay. Or ladies, your husband, he wants to make an early Shabbos. Great, he wants to make an early Shabbos. It's getting late. And then he comes over to you and says to you, by the way, could, could you have the meal ready on time this Shabbos? So first of all, you feel hurt. I mean, this Shabbos as opposed to any Shabbos. Usually I don't have it ready. You just told me a second ago you're doing an early Shabbos, and now you want the meal on time? Uh, no, I'm sorry. You just told me the early Shabbos. I'm sorry. No, it's not happening. Why do we have to talk like that to our spouse? Why? Why? Be mevater. I, I understand that it's, it's hurtful. He didn't mean, to, trust me, he didn't mean to hurt you. He's a guy. He doesn't think about these things. He's not tuned into you emotionally because that's, it's a man. That's the way men are. He's not an emotional. He's emotional. And of course, there are exceptions to what I'm saying right now. But he's not tuned in. He's just asking because he wants the meal ready on time. So why can't we just take to our husbands, say to him, Moshe, Yaakov, I would love to have the meal on time on Shabbos. But you know what? I just found out that we're having an early Shabbos. I don't think that I'll be able to. I'll try. I'll try, but I don't think I'll be able to. You know what? Your husband will be upset. I can, I can guarantee you your husband's not going to be upset because the message you're giving him is, I care about you. I would like to please you. It just happens to be it. Right now, I can't do it. Or men, if your wife comes over to you, this is a biggie. Here's a biggie. Finances. Ooh, finances. Your wife comes over and says to you, Moshe, could you leave me some money for the kids for shoes? Let's say you don't have money. You don't have money. You just right now, you know, you, you, you get paid at the end of the month. It, it didn't come in. You're waiting for your check. Could you not tell your wife, "I don't have money. I'm sorry, I can't give you." It, 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 again, just tell your wife, "I would love to do that for you. If I would have money, I would give it for you." I just happens to be I didn't get my check yet, so maybe we'll have to wait another week. Again, this is a game changer. It's so 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 important to remain on that positive end of it. What I'm going to be doing soon taking a small break, I'm going to be talking about 
another issue, which is which is I think rampant th- th- throughout all the couples that I see, and that is speaking openly, speaking openly to your spouse, just saying anything that's on my mind. And many of us feel that we could just say, if I could just tell you whatever I, whatever I think, whatever comes to my mind, I could say. And sometimes it's important to say, but sometimes it's, it's toxic to say. We're going to be talking about that very soon. So hang in there. Those of you who have questions, I'm getting some questions here. If you have questions, you want to text me, now's the time. You can text me to 347-927-8398. That's 347-927-8398. That's the JRoot text line. I am here right now, Monday, May 4th. 31st day of the Omer, 2015 that is, and you could definitely text me to 347-927-8398. Questions, comments, feedback, I'm going to address it a little bit later. Right now, we're going for a little break. Hold on, we are going to be Bez Hashem right back. Wenn die Lost mir 
laven in klem. Gods dan schineert, viel zar vinden. Weiß ich als mies mir brengen viel gehits in die Baschefel. Der Hals mir kesaider in den Schutten viele Chazloi Baschit. Oi oi auf Kiddush Hashem. Zenen vielem gekiemen, aber als werden er darf gedaben mir bakiemen. In Kaimul of Geibim, as die in Ordifist in Zeleibim. Oi, 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 Tate, Zisen, sie sind so streiben. Helf in Staten und mit dem Minne in dir, sie leben in Nord in dir, sollen. Misech boi tahye chazan In yeide maasev in in yeide zman Ohoi Siz nish gringin ver weist noch wie dihi Yis virem lozen filmul nish siri Ober tate zisel Eine fleischige Euge soll ich warten sein. Da geht's in dein Bus, ist sie mir geschehen. And welcome back to Rehma Hoven. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. What we're going to be talking about now is, is, is another pivotal piece in our relationships. What am I talking about? I'm talking about an issue that I see. A lot of the couples that I work with, phone calls I'm getting, etc., have to do with the following issue. And that is where, and I, I don't like pinning things like, you know, on husbands or wives, because the truth of the matter is a lot of things that I speak about are interchangeable. But I see patterns. I'm not going to lie to you. I do see patterns where certain problems, certain issues have to deal with one of the genders. So I, I'm going to be open with you. This particular problem, I see much more with the men than with the ladies. Now, it's possible some of the men who are listening to this are going to tell me, or my wife, like she does that all the time. But let's just make it as if it's only a male issue, though I, I understand that it's not. Okay. Open relationship, open communication. A lot of the men that I work with or, or phone calls I get, etc., have men who feel that in their relationship, in their marriage, they could just basically say whatever's on their mind. If it's on their mind, they can say it. Now, obviously, you can't say anything. A, we all have a filter system. But a lot of the stuff that we would say to our friends, I'm talking to the men now, we would say to our friends, we feel we could say it to our wives. And sometimes, or I should say most of the times, when we say these inappropriate things, it could be very, very dangerous and extremely toxic. I want to start talking about debating with our spouses. Debating with our spouses. 
talking? What am I talking about? Men, if you're going to ask your wife for advice, take it or leave it. Don't debate. I'll say that again. If you're going to ask your wife for advice, take it or leave it. Don't debate with her because if you're going to start debating with her, she's going to feel attacked. She's going to feel criticized. She doesn't learn Gemara. She's not going to get like you're just debating, negotiating back and forth. You don't chap. We're very good. When a, we're, let's say, you know, those of us who, who learn Bechavrusa, we learned Bechavrusa, we learned with those of you who don't understand what I'm saying, we, learned, we, learned, we study, with a study with a study partner in yeshiva, okay? I know this show goes out to many people. You know, when we're studying with our Chavrusas, when we're studying with our, with, with our study partner, our Chavrusas, and we hear that our Chavrusa is saying something that doesn't make sense in the Rashi, in the Taisvis, in the Rishonim, and the Achreinim, We'll challenge them. We'll say, what are you talking about? It's not true. I, I don't think you're right. Tyson can't mean that. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like what you're saying is true. Or he's saying something, he said, he said something else elsewhere. Or that can't be pshat. That can't be pshat. We can't do that with our wives. If you're going to ask advice from your wife, if she's going to give it to you, accept it. Otherwise, don't debate. What am I talking about? I'll give you an example. Let's say, for example, you work somewhere. And you know, you've been working at, at a certain place. And you've been getting paid the same salary for a very long time. You want to ask your boss for a raise. You don't know. Should you ask? Is it a good time? It's not a good time. So you're sitting with your wife. You're talking to her. And you're like, you know what? I'm thinking about asking my boss for a raise. What do you think? Think I should ask him for a raise? And she says to you, yeah, I think, I think it's time. I think it's a good time. I think you should ask your boss for a raise. And you turn to her and you say to her, but I, I'm only with the company for two years. You think I should ask her? It's only two years. And she says to you, yes, I think you're a very big asset for the company. And I think that you're definitely worth the money and you can ask for a raise. And you go on, and you say to her, but, but Shlaimi works for the company for four years, and he's never asked for a raise yet. Guys, don't do that. Don't do that. Your wife is going to feel attacked. If you're asking for advice, you, you can't have the shakla vitari with her. It's not going to work. It doesn't work with a woman. It might work with, with your friend, and, and hopefully you have a friend or a Rebbe to talk about it. If you don't have a friend that you could, could talk about this, don't talk to your... If you're going to ask your wife, listen to... You can maybe have like a one rebuttal. Maybe one. And I'll say, you don't get one rebuttal. But after that, you really can't because she's going to feel attacked. I gave you my advice. Why are you asking me? Why, why, why are you trying to slug me up? Why are you trying to contradict me? It's not going to work. She's going to feel attacked. And she's going to no, forget it. I'm not going to talk to you. And you're going to do a whole fight. You can't just say whatever's on your mind. It doesn't work like that in a marriage. It doesn't. Here's another example. Let's say you have Meister. You have, you know, Meister is the 10th money we give to charity, right? So you have Meister. You don't know who to give the Meister to. Some of you listening to this are like, oh boy, I know plenty of people to give Meister to. But okay, let's say you don't, you know, you don't know who to give the Meister to. So you go, you go over to your wife and you say, you know what? I have some extra stuff. I have some extra charity. What do you think? Who should I give it to? So let's say she says to you, you know what? I think you should give it to Ramira Balaness. So you say to her, Ramira Balaness? I mean, everybody gives Ramira Balaness. Uh, why, why should I give Ramira Balaness? So she says, what do you mean? It's a very big schuss. It's a very big merit if you give it to Ramira Balaness. And you're like, Ramira Balaness? But they make so much money. Guys, don't, don't push the issue with your wife. If you're asking her for advice, she'll give it to you. She'll go for one rebuttal or two, but if you're going to overload her with rebuttal, then she's going to feel, now there might be exceptions, there might be some women who don't mind this, I haven't met yet, any yet, but don't get into a shackle of Atariya, don't get into the rebuttal, don't get into the back and forth with your wife. She's just going to feel criticized and attacked, she's going to walk away, you're going to start a fight. Now, yes, guys, sometimes it works with you. 
wives as well. Sometimes, ladies, you're going to ask your husband, for example, what he would like for dinner. So let's say you say to your husband, what do you want for dinner? And he said, tomorrow night, let's say, what do you want for dinner tomorrow night? And he says to you, you know what? You're asking me, I think I'm going to have eggplant parmesan. Then you're going to turn to him and say, eggplant parmesan takes me three hours. So, so why'd you ask him? Why are you asking him if you don't, if you don't want to, you know, if you're going to ask him, what do you like for meds? Take me three hours. If you really can't make it, ladies, I know some of you don't get upset at me. If you really can't make the eggplant parmesan because it's going to take three hours, you can say to him, I would love to make that for you, but that's going to take me a little bit too long. How about blintzes? How about meatballs? How about a steak? Something that he likes. I'm not saying you have to listen, but my point of the matter is, if you're going to ask, let's not get into the tit for tat. You can say to him, I would love to do that for you, but I can't because it takes me too long. Is there anything else? The point of the matter is here, is that what? Is that, here's another one, by the way, here's another one. Men, saying to your wife, oh, you know, I have to, I have to, those of you who are rabbeim, teachers, I have to prepare for my class, but I'm so tired. I have to prepare, but I'm so, so tired. What do you think I should do? You ask your wife, and your wife says to you, you know, I think you should go to sleep and just do it tomorrow morning. Don't tell her tomorrow morning, but I'm going to be tired tomorrow morning and go back and forth and back and forth. You're asking me for advice. So that's it. So that's number one. This, this is the easy one as far as, you know, let's not be open as far as communication. We can't say everything. But here's another very, very serious one. And this, this some of you might be able to relate to completely. And some of you might not be able to relate to completely. But we all have that time where this is sort of a, a let's call it a Yetzirah, that we have this need. We want to say this. What I'm talking about is as follows. Don't joke with your wife. Don't be sarcastic with your wife. And I'm talking to the men because usually it's the men. Ladies, too, but generally the men. Don't, you know, if your wife asks you, oh, Moshe, how did you like dinner? Please don't tell your wife it's disgusting and say, oh, I'm just joking, just joking, just joking. That doesn't work in a marriage. It really doesn't work in a marriage. You know, your, your wife... Emotions are not like something to play with. Yeah, like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm just joking. You can do that with your, your guy friends. We don't do that. We can't do it with our wives. Even though we, we don't mean it in a bad way. I've seen this. I've seen this in couples. We don't mean it in a bad way. Your wife asks you, do you love me? No, no, I hate you. Just joking. Just joking. It's not a joke. Your relationship is not a joke. Your relationship is Kodesh HaKadoshim. That's what you have to look at your relationship. Our relationships. I'm talking to myself as well. It's Kodesh HaKadoshim. That's what it is. That's what it is. Hashem. God is willing to erase his own Name for Shalom Bias. That's just, that's what is in the story of Sota. He's willing to erase his own name for what? For peace at home. The Shechina is there. We don't joke. Don't joke. If your wife comes over and says to you, "Oh, do you think I look normal?" No, I think you look weird. Just joking. What? It, 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 we don't joke about these things. We just don't joke. Or sarcasm. Sarcasm. We speak a lot about sarcasm. You know, um, you, your wife gets you upset, or even if it goes for both ways. Your wife gets you upset because she uh, she doesn't put the soap in the soap dish, or she, uh, for argument's sakes, she doesn't make the bed. Doesn't make the bed in the morning, and that bothers you. I don't know how many men bothers them that their wives don't make the bed. But let's say she doesn't make the bed in the morning. So you go over to her and you say to her, "Oh, I see you didn't make the bed in the. I, just, I see you don't make the beds in the morning. I guess that's not important to us anymore, right?" Sarcasm. Let's not play the sarcastic joke. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. These are hurtful words, and they don't go away. So let's be very careful with our words. Let's not have that open, open relationship. Say, for example, here's another one. Gentlemen, let's say, for example, you are going to, this is a classic one. You're going to a chasana. You're going to a wedding. Like, but Omer is coming soon. Oh, boy, we're running out of time here. I'm looking at the clock here. You know, again, those of you who have 
texts. I see a lot of texts are coming. I don't know if I'm able to address all of them, but again, the number is 347-927-8398. Let's say, for argument's sake, you're going to a chas. There's a big chas and a big wedding season coming up after Lagba Omer. Guys, I'm telling all the men out there, please don't expect your wives to be ready on time. I'll say it again. Don't expect your wives to be ready on time. Not because they don't want to be ready on time. They'd love to make you happy. But for a woman to be on time means that she has to take care of the children if you have children. She has to get whatever outfit that, she ha- that she's getting ready. She has to get. She has to put on makeup. She's not just putting on a jacket, suit, and hat and goodbye. It's a very complicated process. Yes, it's a very complicated process for a woman to get ready on time. So if it's so important for you to be on time to the wedding, to the tachasana, speak to her the night before. Say to her, I know that it takes you a lot of time to be, go, get ready to a wedding. That's normal. I understand. Cut off her alarm system. Do that, number one. Then say to her, you know, what? how can I help? Those are my words. How can I help you tomorrow so we'll be ready maybe on time? I'm telling you, your wife is not going to be upset at you. Is this what you say? How can I help you? Don't be scared to say that. You could say to your wife, how can I help you? Nothing's going to happen. How can I help you tomorrow for us to be ready to the bar mitzvah on time, to the wedding on time? And she'll tell you, and you're going to see, that will work. That will work. But not to come over to her as she's getting ready, you all dressed up, tapping your feet and like, okay, what's going on? Are you coming? What's going on? Okay, okay, what's going on? Okay, let's go. I'm going to miss the schmog. What's going on? Let's not pressure. If you need to have her rush, come over and say to her, how can I help you? Again, guys, I'm not trying to like lay thick on you. I'm just saying this is what works. At the end of the day, this is what works. Ladies, ladies, I want to talk about, I want to talk about Shabbos guests for a second. Don't assume that your husband is okay with giving his office away. Don't assume that your husband's okay with um, not having his favorite Shabbos meal, Shabbos food, because somebody else, because his parents are coming. And, um, and, and of course, you're going to make what his parents like. You can't make what he likes exactly because you make his parents like. I'm not saying you shouldn't do this. Of course, obviously, you, he's going to have to give his office away. You're not going to be able to make him, let's say, that extra, extra thing, let's say, for Shabbos, or or for whatever reason it is, he's going to have to sacrifice. I'm not saying for the husbands not to sacrifice, but let's not assume that our husbands are going to sacrifice if we don't ask them. This is very, very important. A big complaint I get from guys, that my wife just thought that, of course, you could give away my office to, for the guests to sleep in. You know, the home office I'm talking about. Well, what do you mean? It's your parents. It's your parents. You don't want to give your room to your parents? It's true. I know it's true. And of course, of course it's his parents, ladies. I, I get that. But the same way I tell the men, I tell the ladies also. Ask your husband. Ask him. Say, I know it's difficult. I know it's Shabbos. But is it okay if your parents sleep in your office? And you can say, what do you mean? Of course he's sleep in his office. It's, it's his parents. But don't we want to have a good relationship? Don't you want your husband to feel like you're not controlling him? Yes. The men have this issue. They, they, they feel control. I just had a story with a couple. They feel controlled. Okay, I, I got to move to the text. I have much more to talk about, but we're going to move to the text here a second. Okay, I'm, oh boy, okay. I don't be able to take all the text here. All right, number one. Here's the question. How can I effectively communicate with my husband about how much I, dis- I dislike him using his cell phone when he's around me and the family? He knows how I feel and will really try for a few days. But then he reverts to his old ways. It could be a very sore point for us. Again, how can I effectively communicate with my husband about how much I dislike him using his cell when he's around me and the family? He knows how I feel and will really try for a few days, but then reverts to his old ways. It could be a sore point for us. Okay, here's the story with this. When I see this question, I'm assuming that you did what was right because he stopped. 
he stopped. He did what was right. The problem was here is that there's no consistency, and that's what's bothering you. So um, if people, whenever someone asks me about these types of requests, like you want your husband to get off the cell phone, or you want him to come home earlier, or you want this, something that you want, you know, when he comes home, you want to turn the cell phone off. I always say, number one, you know, use the, use the method which, which Baruch Hashem I was able to create, car. Number one, cut off his alarm system. Say to him, you know what, Moshe, Yaakov, Shimon, I know that it's very hard for you to get off your phone. I know that you're so busy. But if you, let's see, cut off the alarm system. A, if you could do A, that's, oh, that's like magic. If you could say A and say, if you can't do what I'm about to ask, A is, A, A basically is accept rejection. If you could tell your husband, I know it's, if, this, if you can't do this, I'll try to understand, but it'll be hard. Try to accept rejection. Now you're giving him complete bechira. Now he doesn't feel controlled. If you can't do the A, skip A. It's okay. But go to the R. And the R is the request. And that is, don't tell him, you know, it's not nice. You're on the phone. And, 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 and you come home. You don't spend time at it the whole day. And, and Moshe wants to speak to you. And, and Devorah wants to speak to you. And you're on the phone. You don't really pay attention to them. It's really not good. Don't do that. Just tell him, it'll mean a lot to me if you could turn off the phone. Use that vernacular. I say this so many times, but use that vernacular. It'll mean a lot. Moshe, it'll mean a lot to me. I'm telling you, he's going to listen to you. Ladies, I, am, I can almost guarantee you, it might not happen the first time, it might happen the second time. Don't get upset the second time or third time when it doesn't happen. Repeat, repeat, repeat. And you see, I can almost guarantee you after three times, he's going to listen to you. But here's the, here's, here's, here's the catch. Here's the most important part. And here's why there's no consistency. I'm not trying to attack you, ladies. I'm just, I'm just telling you what I see is true, and the way the, the mind works. He needs his reward. Your husband needs his reward. You're going to have to say to him when he's not on the phone, after that night, you have to come over to him and say to him, I want to tell you, Moshe, the fact that you're not on the phone tonight made such a big difference to me. I really appreciate it. Put him on the pedestal. Make him feel like a king. I am telling you, you're going to see there's going to be consistency. It might be a little choppy, for another week or two where he'll start and he'll stop, he'll start and stop. But if you want consistency, you have to give him consistency. Meaning you have to reward him with praise, but not just praise, more important, validation and giving him the feeling that he accomplished by making you happy. That's what your husband needs. I have seen couple after couple, these similar complaints. I try, it works, it doesn't work. If you want consistency, you have to give consistency. You want it to be consistent, you have to be consistent with your praise. And, and I know some of you are thinking, well, I do praise, but think to yourself, are you constantly praising him, to up to telling him, wow, that makes it, doing it again and again and again? That's going to cause the consistency. Again, I'm not trying to be rough on you, I'm just telling you what works. I can almost guarantee you it's going to work. And as is Hashem, you spark, of course, you need Davin, no question about it, Shalom comes from Hashem. But if you... If you're consistent, he'll be consistent. Next question. We're running out of time. My husband and I are married for a few years. Not often, but sometimes, but when we are, when we are at, his, at his parents for Shabbos, we end up arguing briefly. When we get home, this is usually because of something that happened over the weekend. Recently, and not for the first time, his parents noticed that something was up and got involved which only made things much worse. How can I deal with this and still maintain a good relationship all around? Okay, like this, like this. 
basically what's happening is you're getting into arguments, which is normal. It's normal. If we live together, we're not getting into arguments, then, you know, oh, why about the couples who never get into arguments? Well, you know what? Probably one of them is swallowing his pride or swallowing her pride. Maybe a little bit too much. Yeah, maybe a little bit too much. I'm not saying that to be mavata. Those of you who listen to me, you know by number one things, be mavata, be mavata, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. But sometimes... Sometimes if there's an argument and you can't express yourself and you're just going to swallow, what's going to happen is you're going to end up stone men, you're going to end up stonewalling. Ladies, you might also end up stonewalling or you might get explosive. So sometimes we do have to negotiate. Not always, not always. I say rarely. I say only only when it's an atom bomb or it's going to happen again. But arguments are normal. So don't get nervous about that. You can listen to my shows about how to negotiate and not argue. But right now let's focus about your in-laws. What you're saying is that your in-laws are getting involved. You're right here. For the first time, his parents noticed something was up and got involved, which made things much worse. Okay, I hope the parents are listening to this show because honestly, parents, in-laws, please do not get, I, I can't say, don't get involved with your child's marriage. Don't get involved with your child's marriage. And I'll say it one more time. I'm sorry. But don't get involved with your child's marriage. I know how much it hurts you to see that your daughter is hurting. I know how much it hurts you to see that your son is hurting. But don't get involved. Let them work it out themselves. If they can't work it out themselves, maybe they're going to need help. There's nothing wrong with getting help. You Maybe you could speak to them about getting help. Okay, fine. I, mean, I, I wouldn't even say that. But somehow get the message through. Not through you. Not the parents. Maybe you have a Rebbe, a friend. Maybe they need help. Maybe they need help. Maybe they just got married. They need a little counseling, premarital post-marital counseling. No problem. No problem. But don't get involved. Don't get involved. And I'll tell you why. For two reasons. Number one, many times, not most times, they're going to work it out, but you're not going to let go. Because it's your son, because you have that attachment to your son or your daughter, you're not going to be able to let go. You're not going to be able to let go and you're going to feel that resentment. They're going to sense that resentment. Every time they come over to you, they're going to sense that resentment. And even if you don't have resentment, what's going to happen is they're going to feel so awkward and so uncomfortable around you. It's going to be horrific. So parents, definitely do not get involved. But what if your parents are involved in your, in your relationship or your in-laws are involved in your relationship? What do you do then? Well, what you do then is someone has to get the message to your parents or to your in-laws that they better stop. Speak to your husband. The person who's asking this question. Speak to your husband and tell your husband, I really feel very strong. I know you might feel, but I feel very strong that for our marriage, your parents cannot be involved. They really can't be involved in our marriage. So how do we get the message across to them? Maybe they have a rav that, that will speak to them. Maybe we can use a back channel as opposed to the sun. Because maybe maybe there is. That's always best. Use a back channel, something they respect. But sometimes, sometimes, and I'm, you know, some people are going to hear this. They're going to go, Rabbi Greenfield, are you serious? And I'm very serious. Sometimes the son or the daughter has to speak directly to his parents or her parents. It just has to happen. I know it's a tough conversation. I'll tell you exactly how to do it. But it has to happen because otherwise this can ricochet out of control. And the conversation is like this. Mom, I just want to let you know. Baruch Hashem, I know it seems like sometimes, you know, maybe I get into arguments with Sarah or whatever it is. But Baruch Hashem, we're getting along. Everything is great. I just want to tell you that Baruch Hashem, we're working it on our own. I know, I know that sometimes you'll say things because you just want to help me and you love me. I know that you're doing that. I know you're doing that. But I really feel that it's best if we just let us deal with our own issues. And you'll see, Emirates Hashem, it'll all be fine. 
but what do you mean? I, I saw that she was fighting with you, and she, she wasn't nice to you. I saw the look she gave you. I saw the look she gave you. Oh, I'm not going to say anything to her? Mommy, please, I, I know that you feel for me. I love you too. And I know that it's coming from a good place. I realize that. See, you see what I'm saying right now? That part is pivotal. If you're just going to tell your mother, Mom, please not get, can you please not get involved in my relationship. This is my relationship. Please, please, please. You're going to create a whole machlokas. But if you start the same way, I was say, cut off the alarm system. Connect to your mother and say, Ima, Ima, I know that you love me. I know that you, maybe you've seen something and, and it hurt your feelings. I know that. I know you're only trying to do the best. But believe you me, me and Sarah, me and Miriam, me and Shalamis, we're getting along, Baruch Hashem. We're working it out. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. I think the best thing for us would be if we just let, it, let us work it ourselves. Now, your mother might get defensive. Your father might get defensive. But that's the best thing. They're not going to be upset at you because you're their child. But it cannot come from the son-in-law or the daughter-in-law. It has to come from the child. That's the only one that actually it could come from. Okay, we have another text here. I will try to text you back. Because we ran out of time. I apologize. We ran out of time. So, we will, Be'ez Hashem, be back next week. Oh, before we go, I want to I mention something very important here. And that is like this, before I go. I know it's, it's late, but here's a very important announcement that I wanted to make, and that is the following. There is an organization that's putting together a program for parents of children with special needs, okay? Parents of, of children with special needs. And there's going to be a program. It's going to be next week, Monday, uh, sorry, next week, Tuesday night, Tuesday, May 12th, okay? Tuesday, May 12th at 8 p.m. There's going to be a program that's going to, the reason I'm telling you this is because it's because as follows. They actually reached out to me to speak at this at this program. And usually right now, Baruch Hashem, I mean, I'm very busy, and I'm really not speaking at many, many events. People ask me, but this, I made an exception here. And the reason I made an exception is because I, I feel this is, this is the, the, the person who's running this is really like she's, she's on, a, on a shoestring budget. And, and she asked me to speak, and, um, and, and she hardly has a budget even for advertising. And they're doing amazing, amazing work. And what that is, probably bringing, it's, for, it's for ladies, bringing women together. It's going to be next Tuesday night. At the Renaissance in Borough Park, which is 14th Avenue and 59th Street. The program is going to start at 8 p.m. Um, it's going to be Rabbi Baruch Rabinowitz who's going to be speaking, and myself. First, Rabbi Baruch Rabinowitz, I believe he's starting to speak at 8. Uh, is this is Jewish time. It's very possible it's Jewish time. Again, it's for ladies. And then I'm going to be speaking. I don't know what he, I, I, I know he's going to be addressing the direct needs of spe, special needs children, mostly autism. And I am going to be uh, discussing the topic, building our marriages to successfully deal with our challenging children. That's what I am going to be discussing. So what I'm basically saying to you is that if you can make it next week, there's no charge. The group's name is Menucha. If you want information, you can actually email menuchamoms at gmail.com. That's menuchamoms at gmail.com. So again, that's next week, Tuesday night. We are going to be having this program, and you are all welcome to come and join. This is for parents of children with special needs. Thank you for listening to Ray Mahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. Hope you join me again next week. All the best, and have an amazing and wonderful and inspiring Lagba Omer. Thank you for listening, and all the best.